Hello and welcome to Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug, I'm a nerd, and this is my vomit. I'm feeling a little lazy, I'm full of food. I had breakfast, weirdly enough. I don't normally eat breakfast, so I'm kind of feeling the food coma coming on, so I thought I would just jump right into the vomitorium. Well, the war between Netflix and Disney is over. Punisher and Jessica Jones have been cancelled. Gee, what a shock. Um, the shock is, in fact, that they cancelled Jessica Jones before the third season even premiered. Now cancelling Punisher a couple weeks later. Yeah, everyone saw it coming. But uh, the fact that uh, Melissa Rosenberg, the um, showrunner for Jessica Jones, was going to be leaving after the third season... I think she saw the writing on the wall, and Jessica Jones was going to be canceled uh, weirdly before it even premiered the third season, um, as opposed to after, which is normally what happens. Once again, who knows what's going to happen with these pitch-perfect shows that Netflix and Marvel put together, uh, now that Marvel has got it all back. And of course, by Marvel, I mean Disney. Um, speaking of Netflix shows that hopefully won't be canceled... Uh, I have been watching The Umbrella Academy and in love with it. I talked about reading the comic last week, uh, that I devoured it uh, at a voracious rate. Um, the show, I've got about two, I think two episodes left, so I'm not 100% done, but I mean, I I know who, who, I know who creates the apocalypse. I know it's Vanya. I know it's the white violin. Um... The things they had to change for the show made sense. Um, how do you translate Luthor or Space Boy's Martian gorilla body? Well, he still has a giant gorilla body, and that's fine. Uh, they changed it. It wasn't Martian, but it, it worked. Um, the fact that, you know, he was on a mission and was hurt and now has a gorilla body. It, it made sense. Uh, getting rid of the Orchestra Verdamen. Uh, or the, like, damned orchestra uh, in lieu of a weird Umbrella Academy stalker is an acceptable change. Uh, kind of a weird one. Uh, I'm not 100%. I would like to have seen something a bit more uh, fantastic, like the Orchestra of Verdamen. The season kind of does combine the first two books, The Apocalypse Suite and Dallas. Dallas, of course, chronicling uh, what happens when number five, or the boy, uh, comes back from the future and the past time travel, um, but they do get into a bit of his backstory in terms of him being a uh, time-traveling assassin. So, I mean, I liked it. Uh, we'll see what they're going to do in the second season, because they're not leaving a whole lot left, as far as I know. I mean, you haven't really introduced any big villains. I know that the third volume of Umbrella Academy deals with the Hotel Oblivion, where the monocle, their adoptive father, trapped Dr. Terminal who's like the supervillain that ate Rumor's arm. It was gruesome and awesome and great. And, you know, I'd like to see them do something like they did with the uh, Kennedy uh, saving slash assassination scene from Dallas, because Gerard Way said, you know, he knew how it was going to end, and when it did, when Rumor did her thing uh, in Dallas, it was stunning, and I didn't see it coming at all. So... We'll see what they have left for season two. Like I said, I haven't finished season one, so I don't know what kind of cliffhanger they're going to leave it on, or if they're just going to wrap it up in a nice, neat bow with the Umbrella Academy getting back together. Robert Shahan, Sheenan, however you say his last name, I know him from BBC's Misfits. He was in Mortal Engines, Mortal Instruments, and Bad Samaritan, so, you know, two out of three Mortal movies. 
Um, I guess not Mortal Kombat, <laughs> but it does a great job as Klaus or the Seance. Now, in the comics, the Seance's power is not only to see the dead and talk to the dead, but he also has telekinesis, but he can only use his powers if he's not wearing shoes. I would have liked to have seen that in the show. Because, I mean, it's such a weird kryptonite, but, I mean, it would have been perfect to have that Klaus just walking around without shoes the entire time. And then, of course, when he's being tortured, much like it was in the comics and the show by Hazel and Cha-Cha, to have put shoes on, um, you know, and the whole, like, I wouldn't be caught dead in these, and then he comes back to life after being killed, which does get translated in the uh, show as well. I mean, overall, Ellen Page is a fantastic actress. Normally, I can divorce and separate uh, artist from art, but it is a little weird being that she's so outspoken about gay rights, which, I mean, it's fine. I have no problem with that. But to watch her be in a uh, heterosexual relationship on screen uh, is, is a little weird to me. Uh, I'm just saying. But otherwise, I highly recommend The Umbrella Academy. You don't need to know anything walking into it. I've got associates and friends that are watching it that haven't read the comics, and they're like, dude, this is so weird. I'm like, dude, the comics are way weirder. The comics start with an atomic elbow, an intergalactic cosmic wrestling match, for fuck's sake. So that that, that doesn't even get in the show, as far as I know. Could be in the last two episodes. I'll, I'll leave that up to the showrunners. Speaking of weird shows, I just gotta say this about Doom Patrol. The second episode premiered where basically Robot Man chases a donkey and Cyborg is introduced. Um, Cyborg, he's fine. Um, once again, I'm kind of getting... I, I'm, I'm over Cyborg being like a major character. I know he's one of Jeff John's favorites. That's why he put him on the JLA and built him uh, as a main character in the Teen Titans. But just, I mean, having him in the Teen Titans and having him in the Justice League movie and having him in Doom Patrol and having him in probably a bunch of other shit. Like, I, I'm kind of over the, the saturation of Cyborg. Um, I've kind of hit my limit with that. There's only so many iterations of him I can see before I just don't give a shit. But I do gotta say, there's a great line uh, by Mr. Nobody, played amazingly by Alan Tudyk, where at one point he, you know, is very meta and breaks the fourth wall, and he, you know, is very aware of the fictional reality of, of well, Doom Patrol. And at one point, uh, Niles Calder, the chief, uh, Timothy Dalton, looks at Mr. Nobody and says, who are you talking to? And there's this great line where Mr. Nobody goes, oh, you know, Grant Morrison fans, trolls on Reddit, and the three fans that stayed around to see what happened after the donkey farted. I love that line. So smart, compelling, wraps up pretty much the audience in three distinct categories that are very real. I'm not on Reddit because I have to have time to do things, and Reddit is a giant time suck. But, yeah, watched Doom Patrol. It's been nothing but phenomenal, especially because they actually not only have been doing a lot of stuff from the Grant Morrison source material, but, like, name-dropped Grant Morrison and said, Grant Morrison fans, of which I am one of many. Um, speaking of characters Grant Morrison has written, though this is not by Grant Morrison, this is by Sean Murphy, Batman White Knight. This was a recent addition to my comic book collection, as well as a recent release in trade paperback. Uh, basically the premise is, uh, kind of in this Elseworlds, you know, just sideways of our reality in terms of DC Comics. 
uh, the Joker gets sane through medication and decides that he's going to end the police corruption and crime in Gotham, thus ending Batman in a very positive way. And it is fantastic. You have two different Harley Quinns, uh, a kind of a new spin on Nightwing and Batgirl and Batman. Uh, the art is mind-blowingly great. Um, there was a blurb that said, like, Sean Murphy was born to draw Batman, and I completely agree. Um, I'd, I'd put him up there with, you know, um, Neil Adams and um, Dave McKean, who did Batman with Grant Morrison, weirdly enough. Um, just people that were born to draw Batman. Jim Lee, of course, included. How could I ever forget Jim Lee? Um, his run on Hush with Jeff Loeb was stellar. Uh, but Batman White Knight, a fantastic read. Um, I actually didn't devour it as fast as Doom Patrol because I wanted to savor every morsel of it. Um, it was fine dining. Uh, that you know, It took me about maybe three days, and I really just poured over the art. Um, and then look back on some of my favorite lines of dialogue, and, you know, I'll, I'll go back and reread it, but the, the fact that someone went, what if the Joker was sane? What would he do? And he uses his, you know, amazing intellect to take down the GCPD and try to save Gotham, really. And it gets into his psychology, once again, this kind of side, just sideways of our Earth Joker, where the, the second Harley Quinn, based on, um, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, as opposed to the uh, animated Harley Quinn, who makes an appearance as well as a main character, you know, talks about how the Joker wants to take Gotham just so Batman will notice him and then give Gotham back. Like, that's it. He just wants that moment of recognition. And once again, it's startling when they get into these little weird foibles of a character psychology that you've never seen before, especially with people like Batman and the Joker, where everyone goes, well, they've done everything under the sun. No, they haven't, folks. And White Knight is one of those things. So go out and read it. And go read Umbrella Academy and Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. And as a parting shot, speaking of comics, Black Panther won four Oscars. I'll be goddamned. Not Best Picture. I think we all saw that coming. Um, but production, music, uh, costumes, um, I believe visual effects, music, and something else. The Oscars were not a hostless dump fire the way I thought they'd be. Uh, they were actually fairly entertaining. Uh, I was pretty much on the mark in terms of, you know, Green Book and Bleak Street were going to kind of sweep them. I'm glad Spike Lee got his first Oscar. Man's deserved it for decades. Uh, Rami Malek getting Best Actor for Bohemian Rhapsody is well-deserved. I don't know what that movie was doing in the Best Picture. I, I, I don't know. Um, I was kind of rooting against uh, everything a star is born because I'm sick of how, I mean, it makes me physically ill on a show called Nerd Vomit, how with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, I'm like, no, we get it, you're, you know, he, he wrote it, he wrote the songs, he sang, he directed, they're both pretty and talented, save some for the rest of us, you cocks, is what I say about a star is born. And on that note, because I'm getting so worked up, um, I'm going to bid you adieu until next week. This is Nerd Vomit. I'm Doug. I'm a nerd. It's my vomit. And I'm out like a boner in sweatpants. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like Exotic Liability, No Applause, Just the Clap, and Black Falls, 
We can be found at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for The BACN on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Oh, yeah.